Good morning. Good afternoon, Richmond. It's 12 noon, and I'm Awad here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, new rule on 910 The Fan on Fridays. We roll broadcasting live here on a March 1st, 2024 from River City Roll in Scott's edition. River City Roll is much more than a bowling alley here. You got live entertainment and music Fridays and Saturdays, chef-inspired menu, the pizza's banging, uh, the burgers are good. Get the Gouda mac and cheese. I had that last week, and I might be getting it again today as we roll here on Fridays. On 910 The Fan. Looking to talk with Danny Ruye today at 1 p.m. Get his thoughts on the Washington Commanders. Ted Alexander at 1.30 talk ODU basketball and their new head coach, Mike Jones, who's from the DMV area, has bounced around as an assistant coach at the college level, now getting his first stint as a head coach at the college level, and he totally deserves it. He's got an incredible resume. Nick Asher to tell us what to gamble on in the sports world tonight and this weekend at 2 p.m., and then David Harrison at 2.30 to talk Commanders. Every Friday on 910 The Fan, Stubb puts together the best audio highlights of the week, and we honor them on Play to Win. That's coming up at 2.15. But you guys know how we like to start the show every day by catching up on anything you might have missed around the sports world with the Sports App. Here it is, everybody. Clearly, this is the future. Stats, scores, highlights. Are you serious? Wi-Fi plus 3G, 64 This one, this one. Sports App. And we'll begin in the NBA as the Washington Wizards and the L.A. Lakers battled Last night from Crypto.com Arena, off the bench, Jordan Poole, excellent for the Wizards, 34 points, but it is the Lake sh- after Kyle Kuzma hits a step back three to send it to overtime, it's the Lakers who win it in overtime, 134 to 131 behind 40 points from Anthony Davis, 15 rebounds and three blocks. The Lakers get a win. That's now two in a row after they defeated the Clippers the night before. Spurs and Victor Wembanyama face off against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Wemby in the fourth quarter carries the Spurs out of a five-game losing streak with three-pointers after three-pointers, dunks, a couple block shots, incredible rebounding. Wemby was on fire. Here's Wemby for three on the Spurs radio network. Into the front court, Jones, racing left side. Waits for his teammates, flick to Wemby, long three, Wembenyama, it's a Wemby slide! <laughs> what did he say? It's a Wemby slide. Uh, Warriors against the New York Knicks. Steph Curry has 31 points and 11 rebounds. As Chef Curry starting to heat up from the outside as the Warriors are trying to make a move in the standings in the Western Conference to get into not just the play-in tournament, but the actual playoffs trying to chase down the eight seed. Curry pulls up for three as the Warriors defeat the Knicks 110-99 to 99 on 95-7 the game. Bounce pass, Draymond goes to Paul. Off a of screen, Steph, catch and shoot, right wing, three is good! His eighth of the game, he's got 31! 
157 to go in the fourth quarter, 103-92. And we kind of been talking about how, you know, I would not want to face off against this Golden State Warriors team with the amount of talent that they have and the experience that they have in the playoffs. Like, Minnesota's the one seed right now. They don't have much experience except for losing in the first round. The Oklahoma City Thunder are the two seed. They've got zero experience winning playoff series with the roster that they have currently built. Um, so it's going to be interesting when we get to the playoffs. Nuggets Heat was my choice for game day. The biggest spot, uh, light, uh, spotlighting, the biggest sporting event of the night. And that was a really good one. Bam Adebayo led the Heat with 22 points, 8 rebounds. Michael Porter Jr., had a great game for the Nuggets, 30 points and 11 rebounds as the Nugs defeat the Heat 103-97. Here's Jokic with a hook shot and the call on Altitude Sports Network. Gordon has it off over to Jokic. Ball arena crowd to its feet. Jokic spin moving the paint. Hook shot, good! Six-point lead here for Denver. Less than a minute to go. Let's move over to College Hoops here on the Sports App. Old Dominion is hiring Maryland assistant Mike Jones as its next head coach. He had a press conference earlier this morning in which Mike Jones told the fan base, quote, the fan base deserves wins. I'm going to do everything I possibly can to make sure that each and every day we work towards that. But while doing that, I also want to make sure that all of our young men are people that make you proud and make you want to cheer for them. And, of course, uh, Jones established himself as one of the elite high school coaches in the country. He was at DeMatha Catholic in the DMV for 19 years, leading the Stags to an incredible 511 wins and just 19 losses and a ton of regular season titles. So he played at ODU in the 90s, then was an assistant at DeMatha when Morgan Wooten retired. He took over for 19 years, nine Catholic championships. Uh, he was also the head coach of the under-16 United States team about eight to ten years ago. So he has a ton of experience working with kids in the high school age. Then he went to Virginia Tech to work with college kids under Mike Young there for two years. Bounced to Maryland was with Kevin Willard for the past year. Now ODU, it feels like, has been targeting him because he had a great success at ODU as a player. I think it's a really good hire. Now, it is his first time being a head coach at the college level, uh, but he's a great recruiter and will be all over D.C. hoops, and I'm proud to say that he's going to be appearing on the Sports Junkies next week. Lurch Papa told me that earlier today. Uh, you've got Division Three NCAA tournament action going on this weekend. Hampton-Sydney College won the ODAC tournament last weekend. Well, this weekend they will host an NCAA regional. All right, so games are Friday and Saturday. Hampton-Sydney College is the overall number one seed in the tournament. And right now you go to d3hoops.com, they are ranked number one. This is a really special team. We've been having fun covering them this season. There's going to be a target on their back being the number one overall seed in the bracket, but they've been playing really well this season. I know there's focus on the next play, the next game, not looking ahead to the future. College Hoops tonight, top 25 matchup. Dayton will be at Loyola Chicago. Number one, 21 Dayton against Loyola Chicago. Both teams are currently 12-3 in the Atlantic 10. Air Force will be at Utah State 
in a matchup in the Mountain West. Virginia Tech Lady Hokies was Stubbs' choice for game day yesterday. Stubbs, did you check in on the Lady Hokies? I did. It, it was a disappointing one. Uh, the Notre Dame got ahead of them, and they could just never get back in. Yeah, and Liz Kitley's shot just wasn't falling as uh, she had a, a disappointing game. Hannah Hildalgo was the star for Notre Dame. Double-double, and she broke the ACC freshman scoring record as Notre Dame defeats the Hokies 71-58. to Here's the call on ESPN. Hidalgo again, spins it in. A dynamic move for two more in 22 points. So also in women's hoops yesterday, you had Caitlin Clark announce that she will forgo her final season college basketball at Iowa to enter the WNBA draft. She's a legend right now. She'll skip out on her season uh, senior year um, to go pro. And good for her for that. She could have made more money staying in college, but she's taking women's sports to the next level. Can't stay in college forever. You can't you know, go back to school like I did earlier this week. She is going to move over to the WNBA. She is projected to be the number one overall pick by the Indiana Fever, and she is just 18 points away now from passing LSU's Pete Maravich, who holds the Division One overall record for both men's and women's basketball with 3,667 points. Uh, she is just 18 shy from breaking his record. Uh, she said, quote, while this season is far from over and we have a lot more goals to achieve, it will be my last one at Iowa. I'm excited to be entering the 2024 WNBA draft. Let's move over to the NHL on the sports app. Capitals will be back on the ice tonight against the Philadelphia Flyers. So Flyers against the Caps. That game is tonight. Of course, you can check it out on Monumental Sports Network. Alex Ovechkin's hunt for history, tracking the great eight. The Russian machine that never breaks needs 56 goals to tie Wayne Gretzky. 57 to become the greatest goal scorer in the history of the NHL, sitting currently at 838 career goals. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are always open. It's 833-804-0910. That's 833-804-0910. Or you can tweet us. If it's a good tweet, we'll read it on air at 910 The Fan and at AWOD Radio. Happy Friday. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. It just takes Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Richmond's home for the Flying Squirrels, and tomorrow is Nutsy's Block Party. It's going to be a ton of fun as it feels like the entire city comes out for the event. Everyone gets in line. It goes wraps around the parking lot to buy tickets for opening night. And, of course, you also want to get your tickets for the July 4th game and all the other big games throughout the year. It's going to be a ton of fun. We are proud to be partnering with the Flying Squirrels once again here on 910 The Fan. Joining us right now for a little crosstalk. You just heard him from 10 to noon. It's Michael Phillips. What's up, MP? Yeah, sorry, bud. I'm all out of things to say. Used them all up in my show. I'm just going yeah. to sit here and look pretty. Yeah, well, I'm not sure if you sit there and look pretty, but uh, we'll say you're sitting there. <laughs> no, no, never been accused of it, that's for sure. <laughs> hey, you know, I, I'm going to bring this up at 1 p.m. on the Richmond Commander, but what could the Commanders do 
this offseason that would piss you off, make you mad. For example, I would be mad if we traded back and then grabbed a veteran or traded back and rolled with Sam Howell again this year. Yeah, I think it's a trade up for me if they gave away like crazy amounts of like first round picks to move up. That that would be my least favorite move. Um, spending too much on positions they don't need, right? Like if they give Saquon like four years, like twenty mil a year, all guaranteed, something something silly like that. Uh, I, I think on the whole, though, there's probably not a lot that I would be like. These guys have lost their mind because there's just there's so much that needs to be done. Just just do something. Yeah. You know, you brought up King Henry, Derrick Henry, earlier this week. Have there been any reports or, or rumors that you've heard to uh, you know see if that is actually a possibility? Well, great news. Alexander Madison's hitting the market, too. I don't know if you saw Minnesota is yeah. going to cut bait with him. The running back market is going to be stocked this offseason. Uh, I haven't heard any specific rumors tying any specific backs to Washington, but certainly when you talk to people out there, they agree. Like If you want a good running back, this is the offseason to go do it, and, and not all of these guys are going to get the contract they think they're going to get some guys are going to have to settle and look if you're breaking in a rookie quarterback which I, th- I think you and I both want them to be doing and I think they want to be doing uh, th- that's a great way to do it um, you know you can't you can only upgrade the offensive line but so much in free agency if you get a really good running back that's a great way to make the quarterback's life easier and something achievable to do this offseason no, you're so right about that, and it is interesting. I, I saw the Vikings release Madison a year after they cut Dalvin Cook to give him the keys to the franchise. There's a chance the Cowboys move on to, from Tony Pollard a year after they moved on from Ezekiel Elliott to give him the keys to the franchise. So it's interesting the way you know the life of the running back is in the NFL. I did see come across my timeline that the Commanders would be interested in DeAndre Swift. Awad would also be interested in DeAndre Swift. Uh, That's can, awesome. Count me in for DeAndre Swift. I'll, uh, I'll raise my hand I'll sign up for that there's so much talent out there and I think one of the reasons I really enjoyed seeing them develop Deron Payne and and draft Fedarian Mathis is I I think this is going to become a running league right you talk about money ball and finding inefficiencies and obviously throwing will forever be the quickest way to get the ball down the field but as the running game becomes even more devalued as guards become even more devalued uh, as these guys become you know, cheaper and cheaper to get on the open market. Some team's going to find a way to build its identity around the run and start winning football games. And part of why I like having Deron Payne, having Fidarius Mathis behind them is as these good running backs start to have offenses built for them, it's good to be able to stop that. As we're seeing interviews come out with Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels. Has your thoughts changed on any of the three quarterbacks? Well, I think Drake May's had the best week at the Combine. I think he's he's been the most polished, given the best answers, the best, uh, you know, he his, his PR team's done the best work getting him out there and getting the juice behind him. So I, I certainly think in the national consensus board, Caleb Williams one, Drake May two, Jaden Daniels three is probably where that board sits right now. Uh, I continue to be fascinated by J.J. McCarthy. I think he's a guy who could go at 6 and he could go at 16 and he could go at 26. I don't think he's sliding out of the first round, but but it's just a huge range there because of the unknown, because you're not sure what you're getting and, uh, you know, we, we played the clips today of all those guys talking. I, I love J.J. McCarthy talking about talking ball with Cliff Kingsbury and Kingsbury's showing him tape and he said, hey, you know, when you see this, can you check down? 
And he said, I wish. Uh, he, he just didn't have the authority to do it. He couldn't do that under the Harbaugh offense. Can he do it? Will he do it? Will he be good at doing it? Or all completely unanswered questions. I'm fascinated by him. Uh, I, I'm not prepared to move off of my square yet as a Jaden Daniels guy, which, which I was on record as being early. But I, I remain open to considering all options. I have not, I have not made my final decision. The, the Tribal Council has not yet convened for the final time. <laughs> And you should, because we're all playing armchair GM this offseason. We're all being the couch coach. And, you know, I want to trade up to number one because I believe Caleb Williams is the best prospect available, and I think he can take this franchise to the next level the quickest. Are you saying that you are team trade back to three for Jaden or grab Jaden at number two? I think you got to grab him at number two. I just think it's far too uncertain of a game. If you, if you can play that game and get the intelligence and know – that you, whoever you're trading with to two is not going to take your guy, sure. But that it's a dangerous game to play. You start you start moving backwards. Your guy goes off the board, and the quarterback's way too important, right? You can do that in the fourth round if you're like, hey, we like this receiver, but we also like that receiver. So let's trade back, and we'll get whichever one's still there. I don't want to play that game with quarterback. And to your point, I'm not on board the Caleb Williams train. But if Adam Peters is. If Adam Peters comes out of those meetings and says, this is the guy I want leading my team, I, I am fully authorizing him to go get his guy. Quarterback is far too important to play games with. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. And that's why um, you know, I'm okay with trusting the process of Josh Harris sitting in on the conversations completely fine with me. No issues with that whatsoever. It's not like he's going to make the final decision. That will be Adam Peters. As this draft pick, Right, Not just this pick, though, but this entire draft uh, could make or break this franchise for the next five years. I don't think that's an exaggeration at all, and it'll make or break Adam Peters' tenure as general manager of this team. I don't think that's an exaggeration at all. The only way you don't is if somehow you come back for a sixth, seventh-round guy and he turns out to be Dak or Brady or, you know, pick, pick your example. But those examples are few and far between. Generally speaking, if you're taking a swing up at the top, uh, that swing is going to define your tenure. And look, this team will be better this year than it was last year just because of the improvement uh, in coaching, because of the money that's that's coming into this, because of the the energy and attention. But this is not a team that that is you know it can succeed without a quarterback. This is this Commanders roster needs an elite quarterback to be at its best, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. This is an incredibly important decision, Adam. Yeah, so let me ask you this, though, because, you know, it's going to be impossible for them to hit on all six picks. Let's just say they whiff on quarterback, all right? They miss, and maybe it doesn't work out for Jaden Daniels or Drake May. But would you trade that if you could tell me right now you're guaranteeing that they're going to hit on a running back, a tight end, an offensive lineman, and a top cornerback? I love that question. Would you trade four hits for one quarterback? I love that question. It's a great hypothetical. Uh, No. No, I think the quarterback is so important to the team. I would. And, like, look, you got guys like Merrill Hodge. And, like, I'm not trying to heave him under the bus or whatever. But, like, his his bit is he comes on. He's like, I don't like that guy. I don't like – like, he doesn't like yeah. any of the quarterbacks. <laughs> like, right? They fail more often than they succeed. Like, what an easy thing to say. Like, anytime anybody drafts a quarterback, just hit the button, put me on the radio, be like, I don't think that's going to work out for him. Like, and most well, that of- was me all last offseason when I was saying Bryce Young is going to stink. You know? <laughs> but I also claimed that C. 
C.J. Stroud wouldn't be very good. So I was wrong with that one as well. But you're right. I remember at Radio Row, Merrill Hodge was just going on rants against guys. Yeah, they're like, it's so easy because he's going to be right. And that's what's infuriating about it. Of these three, odds are only one's going to be an NFL superstar. So, yeah, yeah, because it's so hard to hit at this position and because this team's not in a position to attract a marquee free agent, uh, I think it's just so, so important to get quarterback right. I would – no deal. The, I, no deal right now, Adam. We're not doing it. Even looking even looking at the 49ers as, as Peters, you know, or, or John Lynch, one of them whiffed on Trey Lance, right? And now uh, you're seeing that kind of hurt them at the quarterback position, but they got lucky with Brock Purdy. But they hit on a ton of other players in the last few drafts. That's probably the great example of it, right? That's a solid team yeah. built to contend year in, year out. Um, I think if you build a team like that, too, you probably increase your ability to attract a quarterback when it's time to go get one. I just think right now these guys are a little too far away from that. If they if they hit on five NFL starters in this year's draft, but not quarterback, are, are they in a place where you can call them legitimate contenders? I don't know if they're there yet. No. And let's also say, you know, the 49ers don't make a run to the Super Bowl if they don't trade for Christian McCaffrey. That was not a draft pick. That was a big-time trade. And and those trades happen when you're a team that guys want to go play for, right? They weren't going to trade right. McCaffrey involuntarily somewhere he didn't want to go. That's what you have to build. You build from the you build from the ground up and you get good enough that when guys like Christian McCaffrey are available, you, you trade they want to go to Washington. Yep, build a roster, and then you can attract big-time free agents and guys that are unhappy at their current home. I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio. That was Michael Phillips from MP on the Mic. Michael, thanks so much. Have a good weekend, man. Absolutely. Good luck rolling. Um, I guess next week's our show down down at the lanes. We're going to make this happen soon, though. Yep, for sure. Before uh, the end of college basketball season, definitely. Yes, You're sir. You're listening to AWOD here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Welcome back. Happy Friday, everybody. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show. 833-804-0910. We'll continue our Commander's conversation that we were just talking about with Michael Phillips, with David Harrison, who covers the Commanders for Sports Illustrated at 2.30. Nick Ashu to give us some advice on what to gamble on in the sports world this weekend, coming up at 2 p.m. And then Ted Alexander to give us uh, his thoughts on ODU football, ODU athletics, and their new head coach for basketball, Mike Jones. And that's where we begin here as we cover all of the college basketball programs in the state of Virginia with University Drive. Let's go to University Drive. Scores, buzzer beaters, madness. All the college basketball in the state of Virginia. We'll follow your favorite teams all season long. University Drive on AWOD Radio. So ODU announced yesterday and held a press conference this morning for new head coach Mike Jones. Jones, of course, was an ODU alum who led the Monarchs to the NCAA tournament as a player from 1992 to 1995. This season was his first season on Kevin Willard's staff at Maryland after spending the previous two years as an associate head coach under Mike Young at Virginia Tech. But really, before he made them to college, he established himself as one of the elite high school coaches in the country 
at DeMatha, where he took over for Morgan Wooten and led the Stags to a 511-19 record and also nine Washington Catholic Athletic Conference regular season titles. Uh, he's got a ton of experience coaching the under-16 national team with USA. So uh, I think this is a great hire for ODU. And look, I think it's great for the state of Virginia to have ODU basketball relevant again. And so this is uh, an important hire for them. And, you know, Jeff Jones was there for a long time. Uh, Jones was a 32-year run as a head coach um, at a several different stops. But uh, disappointing this season for ODU men's hoops. Hopefully they can improve next year under Mike Jones. As we move over to the A-10 to preview the big battle Saturday here in Richmond with the Capital City Classic. Let's talk a little spiders on University Drive. So it is VCU at Richmond Saturday, 6 p.m. CBS Sports Network, but we encourage you all to listen along right here on 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM with a 5.15 pregame show uh, before I hand it off to Robbie Robinson and Rodney Ashby. Spiders 13-2 in the conference, Rams 11-4. But with three games to go, VCU is not mathematically out getting up to first place in this conference, but it would start with a win Saturday against the Spiders, who are led by Jordan King in his first year in Richmond after transferring over to the Spiders with Coach Mooney. 19 points per game, shooting almost 50% from the field. Uh, He's lightning quick. He can get around the court uh, with his dribbling abilities. He can shoot from you know deep three-point range. He's got a good mid-range as well. But I think the key to the game is going to be containing Neil Quinn, who is the seven-foot big man for the Spiders. And, and Coach Mooney said uh, he deserves a lot of credit for what he's done this season, a seven-footer who's averaging four assists. But Mooney thought in the first game against VCU, he was a little bit soft inside. So look for Neil Quinn to have a bounce-back game this time around against the Rams. That's why I'm looking for Christian Furman to also have a bounce-back game for VCU. He only played 10 minutes last game, as you saw Roosevelt Wheeler get a little bit of action, and Toby Lawal score 16 points and have a double-double. For VCU, their leading scorer is Max Scholga, 15 points per game, just got over 1,000 for his collegiate career while shooting almost 90% from the free-throw line, and he draws a lot of fouls, which gets to that free-throw line where he converts at a really high level. VCU scores 72.3 points per game. Richmond scores 73.4. Both teams give up just about 66 points per game. It's going to be a rock fight, I believe, similar to the one at the Seagull Center where VCU kind of busted it open in the second half by hitting a few threes, but it was a very low-scoring first half, and I expect the same thing at the Robbins Center. Um, It's going to be a game of runs, Probably not 10-point runs. We talked about that on the Black Gold Fan Podcast. New episode is available. A 10-point run without letting the opposing team score in college basketball is called a kill shot. If the Rams get a kill shot, they've got a very good chance to win. They're 11-2 this season when they get a kill shot. The problem is is that the Spiders are the best defensive team in the A-10. I'm not sure they're going to let you go on a 10-0 run. That's why I think it's going to be a lot of 4-0, 6-0 runs for either team. And then I think it's going to be come down to which team gets hot from the three-point line. So that's the matchup I'll be absolutely watching from the Robin Center 
on Saturday. Looking forward to getting over there for that one. Tonight, you've got ODU at Georgia Southern and James Madison at Coastal Carolina. So we'll preview the ODU game with Ted Alexander coming up at 1.30. But the James Madison Dukes are 14-3 on the season in the Sun Belt Conference, second place in the conference. They have been on fire. Winners of nine straight, trying to make it 10 tonight at Coastal Carolina, which will be their last game before the Sun Belt Conference Tournament. Uh, so they will go into the conference tournament in Florida as the two seed behind Appalachian State. Uh, whether they win tonight or lose, they will be the two seed in the conference tournament. We mentioned it in the Atlantic 10. There's a good matchup tonight that will have implications on the seeding for the A-10 conference tournament because it is number two at number three. The number 21 team in the country, 12-3 and three in the A-10, 22-5 overall. Dayton Flyers are at Loyola Chicago. Loyola at home uh, is not favored. It is Dayton minus one and a half. I do think the Flyers win that game as Coach Anthony Grant always has his team playing their best basketball when we get to March. They're just such a strong defensive team and Deron Holmes I think is a little too much to handle down low for Loyola Chicago. Let's talk a little UVA here on University Drive. So this is a Who's team here that is desperate for a win and they will be at Duke. At Duke. That game is going to be tomorrow at 6 p.m. It's going to be a good one. So look, this is a UVA team that is coming off of a win at Boston College, but it took some late-game heroics for them to get the win, 72-68. to They just haven't looked themselves in the last five contests. They're really not scoring well on the offensive end. Just had 25 points in the first half against Boston College. So we'll see how they're able to play offensively against a Duke Blue Devils team that's known uh, for being really good half-court defense. And then how are they going to stop Kyle Filipowski, Proctor, and the rest of the shooters for the Duke Blue Devils. I give UVA a shot because we know that they can bring it on the defensive end, but I think they're going to need Isaac McNeely to have 15 points. I'm going to say four three-pointers made by Isaac McNeely is the key to a win for the Hoos. As Virginia Tech will be in action tomorrow at Castle Coliseum, Blacksburg, Virginia, as they host Wake Forest. And, and Wake Forest has been a really good team this year. Uh, we knew that coming into the season when I was there in Charlotte for the ACC tip-off. I spoke with Cameron Hildreth, who um, is one of the best three-point shooters in the con uh, in the conference. He's at 14 points per game, 37% three-point shooter, as the Demon Deacons are 18-10 and 10 and sitting in fourth place in the ACC. I'm going to say this right now, Stubb. I know you're going to watch the game Saturday to see your Hokies against uh, Wake Forest. Look at the box score after the game. Tell me who made the more the most three-point shots. That's going to be the winner. They're going to be chucking it up from the outside, living by the three, dying by the three. Uh, I'm going to say Wake Forest wins, but if Padula and Couture get hot, I wouldn't be shocked if the Hokies got a win at home at Castle Coliseum. Uh, you've got so, um, some other good matchups there Saturday in the ACC. I wanted to spotlight 
NC State at North Carolina. That's always a good rivalry game. NC State is 9-8 in the ACC. They've slipped up a little bit as they were towards the top of the standings a couple weeks ago. North Carolina, number 9 in the country and sitting at 14-3. Currently the favorites to win the ACC Conference Tournament from Washington, D.C. They've won three straight over both teams in Virginia. They defeated the Hokies, then UVA, and then at home defeated Miami. So this is a home game tomorrow at 4 p.m. against NC State. Give me the Tar Heels getting another victory as they cruise towards the ACC Conference Tournament. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. Don't touch that dial. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open throughout the show 833-804-0910. You can always check us out on the go on the free Odyssey app. Download it today for free. Just search 910 The Fan to hear us Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. It's the best app out there for music, play-by-play, and sports talk because it gives you the ability to pause the show, rewind, run some errands, then pick up right where you left off. You've got the Richmond Commander coming up every day at 1 p.m. Take your calls. What are your thoughts on the Commander's offseason so far? Is it a red flag to have Josh Harris sitting in on conversations with quarterback prospects? Ted Alexander talk ODU Athletics at 1.30. Trey Wilson from the Flying Squirrels at 1.45 as tomorrow is Nutsy's block party. But right now, we did mention it throughout the um, last few weeks. I'm a huge Survivor fan. Last uh, Wednesday, just two days ago, Survivor came back season Forty-six, And we mentioned we're going to be doing a Survivor Survivor Pool. So every Friday at 1245, we're going to recap the episode here on the Survivor Survivor Pool. All right, Stubb, I'll throw to you first here. Give us um, three takeaways from the first episode. Let's see, three takeaways. Um, on, better start than the last season. I'm going to say that. It doesn't seem immediately like we're going to have any quitters, at least as quickly as last time. Uh, that's a yep. big one. Are you noticing that as well? Yep, 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 definitely a better start to the season than last year, for sure. Uh, I, I, I think there's some immediate front runners personality-wise. We mentioned this on MP Show, but I really like Kevin, and, and I know that's a bit of a, a blindside uh, because he's a VCU grad, he's a Richmonder, and I think Q, uh, the QB quarterback, is also a bit of a front runner in terms of physicality and personality. So I'm getting that, and then also, I think these are pretty evenly matched teams. I'm not seeing one team. I mean, Purple's looking a little down, but I think all yeah. three teams kind of have a shot of winning each challenge. Yeah, I kind of knew Purple was screwed. They just they didn't look like they were a strong enough team outside of Q. Uh, he's really athletic. He played college football. I, I think there's a chance that Jess could quit. What do you think? I, I think she is on quitter watch, if anyone yeah. is. and uh, they're, But otherwise, it, it seems like everyone's happy to be there. So they did a bit better uh, casting people this go-around. Yeah, I, I think the yellow team is okay, but I think I'm probably uh, – or is the orange team. I think I'm going to end up cheering for the green squad. I'm taking orange, I think. Okay. 
What? Who? Who did you like on the orange team? There. Well, like I said, that was Tevin, right? That was Tevin, and I, I really liked Tevin. I, I, I gotta think. That's kind of the only person I'm picturing right now. It takes me so well, Venus, long. Venus, Venus was a smoke show. Actually, I mean, we can do a whole segment Venus. about Venus is the most attractive survivor player in a long time. They were already calling her poverty, right? Uh, who won the million dollars by you know convincing people not to vote for her just based off of her charm and good looks, and and I already see that in Venus. She was searching for the idol immediately. Yeah, and was not afraid to say she was either. <laughs> yeah. Did you also see she definitely did like four outfit changes? And I was yes. like, what is what is going on here? First she's in a bikini, then she's in a long sleeve, then she's in sweats, then she's in shorts. It was it was in blowing me away. Yeah, me and my friend did note that when she went into the woods to hunt, she put on less clothes, which personally if I'm trekking through <laughs> the woods, I would want to have more clothes on. Yeah. I I'm telling you she was trying to attract the the people on her tribe. It's a strategy. It's it's certainly a strategy. How about the giant reptile? So they had oh, the, the, the compete. Uh, they had people compete, and they had to grab this giant gecko. I believe they said it was five hundred pounds. Yeah, right? five hundred. That was a really. I think that's a new one. I like. I don't think I've seen them do that kind of uh, competition before. That was that was fun, and and it really is. Yellow team just seems very like like the group mind. Like they See, they know what they're doing. Well, that's that's the conversation that I was having with my friends. We had a little watch party last night to check out uh, on Paramount Plus. Is it the orange team or is it the yellow team? Yeah, because uh, my yeah, friend claimed point. that Jeff said that they were the orange team, but the gecko looked yellow. Yeah, Jeff did say orange, and yeah. they're all wearing yellow too. Like none of them are like dressed orange. I know it's all it's a weird bit. I think we have to go orange though because Jeff said orange and we all bow down to Jeff Probst. Of course. But yeah, no, it was I know it was a really entertaining first uh, episode. I get it Michael Phelps wasn't uh, prepared to watch 2 hours. He was shocked by that, but that's where we're at with cable television, right? Like Survivor is so big on cable right now that last year they did the same thing where they did multiple 2-hour episodes because they've got nothing to fill that time slot 8 p.m. on CBS. And oh, going back to Survivor, it reminded me just how mad Paramount Plus makes me. Because every time I watch something, it crashes and it doesn't save my place. Really? Did that happen to you? It happens every time I watch an episode, and I have Did to you, fast are, forward you, again. Well, are you pausing it or are you just letting it roll? No, it just it'll just crash. Oh, mine doesn't do that. But I will say, uh, ninety second commercials is kind of a lot. Like, come on, let's move it down to thirty seconds here. I, I do the. I, I didn't have any commercials. I don't know whose Paramount Plus I'm using, but they must oh. have ad free. You must. Yeah, you must have Premium Plus. I guess so. You got that PPP, Premium Paramount Plus. Uh, yeah, but Jelinski, just the worst survivor player I've ever seen. So cocky. <laughs> yes. it, the first five seconds I knew he was going to get voted out because I said to my friends, he's got the most annoying voice in America. Yeah, did he, you notice that too? I, did, I wasn't that annoyed by it, but it, he was like what? He's like a Vegas like slot seller. Wasn't that yeah. his like occupation? Yeah, and, and, and I, he was like a admitted he's a huge stoner and – and, and cannabis <laughs> user, like, good for you, dude. Uh, I'm not sure that's going to win you a million dollars on Survivor as he was the first player to go home. Uh, so VCU guy Tevin was very interesting. I wouldn't be shocked if he made it far, but I also think he's got a personality where I wouldn't be shocked if he lost right away. He could be a bit of a Caleb of this season, just yeah. such, like, a likable guy that people start to kind of be hesitant to, to trust him. Yep, so if you've been checking out Survivor, give us your thoughts, 833-804-0910. I know I've got a few listeners like Mike who's tweeting me all the time when he uh, checks out the new episode. Valdez from the Sports Chunk, he's a big fan. He said he hasn't watched week one episode yet, so we'll get him on next week uh, to give his thoughts here on the Survivor Survivor Pool. Every Friday on AWOD Radio, 
at 12.45. So enough with Survivor stuff. I know you wanted to bring up this Willy Wonka incident, though, on the, uh, on the fan here. The Glasgow. That is, yeah, so yeah. try to explain <laughs> it to the audience real quick. So there was uh, in Glasgow, which is maybe the UK-ish, uh, they, they were charging uh, 35 pounds uh, a ticket to enter the Willy Wonka experience. There were no photos of the event. Everything was AI-generated. Yeah. And uh, so it was just, like, full of can- – it was, like, very candy pictures. The text was AI-generated, too, so the events they were promoting weren't even real. Yeah. And these families were like, yeah, sure, you know, I'll go out there. And it was just an empty warehouse with a couple of decorations and about three actors uh, going off of a 15-page AI-generated gibberish script. And uh, police were called on the event because it was such a scam. Yeah, and the articles I'm reading on people, people have come out and said, I really hope everyone gets their money back. What's funny is, you know, like, I have a feeling that what happened was all these parents said, I want to be lazy and I don't really want to throw my kid a birthday party, so I'm going to find one that somebody else is already throwing, and that's how they got ho- Like, how, how, do you, how else do you get caught by this scam, right? Uh, yeah, I guess you just want something to do for the weekend, it, but like, I... I and mean, if you don't really understand how AI art works, you just think that that's what it's going to look like. I recommend everyone, if you haven't seen the pictures, look them up. The The lady dressed like an Oompa Loompa in front of, like, the lab equipment is in smoke surrounding her. is one of the best images I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I'm reading a CNN article right now. They're saying families attending a Willy Wonka-inspired event in Glasgow, Scotland, were promised... Optical marvels and extraordinary props for $44 a ticket, but were disappointed when they arrived, and it was just an empty warehouse, and uh, the pictures are incredible. I it's- believe each kid got three jelly beans and half a cup of lemonade. Yeah, so right. you know you got something out of the the 44 bucks. Oh my gosh, it's just so funny, and and like. Yeah, it's it, you know they, that's what happens with AI, right? Because the pictures were kind of interesting. Yeah, some some guy definitely went, "Oh, I'm going to ask ChatGPT how to make money." And this is what it told him, and then he he was like, "I'm going to make an event completely AI generated." And now he has to refund everyone. So <laughs> The Willy Wonka um what is it? The Oompa Loompa girl, she looks like she's in a bad episode of Bill Nye the Science <laughs> Guy. She's just got like a science experiment in front of her. How about the uh what was the name of the evil villain? The oh, unknown. The, the, uh, the unknown. Yes, the yeah. fake Willy Wonka villain that made kids cry. Yeah. It's never so been scary. never been part of the movie or the books, but yet they the created unknown. a character, the unknown. A lot of people and, are saying they're locking in their Halloween costumes early. So a lot of unknown. unknowns going to be walking around. Yeah. Come they should have hired <laughs> Timothy Chal- Chalamet. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds wild. like it wasn't in the budget. <laughs> yeah, no, right? They didn't have any budget. No. I mean, it's just a warehouse with a bunch of tables, and maybe they had a, a bounce house, right? I think they uh, actually. Yes, there was one small bounce house, and I I used to work at like an event company, and and it seems like they just got everything that one event company would have of Wonka right. props, but th- those would be like for like a small corporate hotel lobby this was a huge warehouse and what they got did not fill it (laughs) no no i feel bad for those parents in scotland that wasted 44 (laughs) dollars on their kids i'm adam epstein you're listening to awad radio here on the new sports radio 910 the fan now at 105 1 fm